Hello everyone, this is Matt Donato, Associate Editor here at We Got This Covered. Um, I'm coming to you today from New York, and I have Justine Browning with me, our red carpet correspondent. Hello. Hello everybody. And we are going to start a little podcast today for you that we hope to continue to run over the coming weeks. Uh, we'll see how it's received, see what you guys think, and uh, be sure to leave your feedback. But So today let's cover the Golden Globes because that just happened. Sure, and I'd like to get into the format of this chat show. We start with industry news, and obviously this week it'll be the Golden Globes, but also films that are currently in theaters or films that we're anticipating coming out in the next week or so. January is a pretty slow month, so I think this show will focus more on Blu-ray and home video releases because there are a lot of great uh, DVDs and Blu-rays out this week. Yeah, and just to give you guys a little background, you know, uh, Justine and myself, we do do a lot of the uh, New York press stuff together, mm -hmm. so we are out there doing the screenings and whatnot so we can give you guys the uh, first-hand information before it even gets to you. On-camera interviews, roundtables, we find ourselves sitting at these things discussing films, so... So we figured why not bring it into a podcast instead of just talking to ourselves about it. <laughs> Put it out there, give the people what they want. Obviously us. Give them That's... something to fall asleep to. At night. They don't, we sh you shouldn't fall asleep to this. You should listen to this. Well, fall asleep like it relaxes them. They love the sound of our voices. Now we're getting creepy. Osmosis. <laughs> let's talk about the Golden Globes. <laughs> yes, let's. All right, so let's start off. Um, do you want to start with one of the bigger pieces or one of the smaller little sure. surprises? Well, the category that I think a lot of people were talking about afterwards was the Best Supporting Actress category. Okay. Where Jennifer Lawrence won for her role in American Hustle over Lupita Nyong'o for 12 Years a Slave. Obviously, this is an utter travesty. <laughs> I personally think so anyway, and I think that that was the general cons consensus from the public. Um, obviously, there's a love affair going on between the press and Jennifer Lawrence, and the industry and Jennifer Lawrence, and that's fine. She's America's sweetheart. She is Absolutely. everywhere. She can trip on stage, and everyone loves her, and spill her Mentos, and... Every other meme that's out there of Jennifer Lawrence. To me, if you ever see this pretty bad Al Pacino movie that is totally watchable, watch it if you have nothing else to do this week. Simone, where he creates... Oh, yes. Yes, he creates a, I guess, hologram or digital... Uh, eventually, she's a hologram. Spoiler alert. But a digital actress. And no matter what this digital actress does, the public can't get enough of her. I think that she is the Simone... Of, so this of the is the world. first Jennifer Lawrence conspiracy theory. She is not real. <laughs> She's she a hologram. She is a hologram or some type of lovable robot. Exactly. And okay. that explains why she got this award. I agree with you, though. I'm on the same page. Um, 12 Years a Slave. Mm -hmm. Obviously love the movie. I liked um, American Hustle. But I think it got a little too much love this year with all okay. the awards it got at the Golden Globes. And okay. again, specifically Jennifer Lawrence, who I thought was I thought was phenomenal in her role. Yeah. But her role was not anything we haven't seen before, A, and B, it wasn't as important as some of these other Best Supporting Actresses. Um, I'd even argue someone like June Squibb in Nebraska okay. might have even yeah. been a little more important than uh, Jennifer Lawrence. But again, you know, getting you. her on stage it means ratings. And, you know. Yes, and, and, they, and it certainly, definitely, A, got a lot of ratings, this, this one particular broadcast, but also just the media coverage of, like, everything she did that night. So well, then again, she did have the best moment of photobombing, who was it, Taylor, Taylor Swift? Taylor Swift, yeah. that was everywhere. Again, um, I mean, we can't get enough of her, that's the problem. That's very true, and I think that that's an unfortunate thing. It is a little bit of a popularity contest with Lupita. 
She, I think, I think what a great role is, is somebody that makes you, first of all, remember them. You can't get the performance out of your head. It, it changes your view of, of a certain subject matter that they're conveying. And I think with Lupita, she you know, takes your breath away in every scene that she's in. And she did it in such a way where she didn't overdo it, you know? She does play a slave who is she brutally, plays a slave who brutally sees beaten. The, the positive in the world regardless. It's, there you know, there okay. is this warmth in her eyes throughout. I don't think that was, that couldn't have been easy. I no. Mean, I think the emotionality of that role as well. You look Again, you look at what she goes through and it yeah. is... It really takes your breath away in a way, and mm-hmm. you to put yourself in that scenario, even for Lupita, I can't imagine what that was mm-hmm. putting your mind in that space and having Michael Fassbender just brutally slapping, you. making somebody else do it because it's not even Fassbender. That's the worst part of that uh, mm-hmm. one scene we're thinking of. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking of the earlier one. Oh well, there's plenty. Slap. Yeah, there's, there's, um, that's there's plenty. Yeah, but the... let's go with a positive surprise. Um, I want to bring up Leo DiCaprio yes. winning for Best Actor because I think that is completely valid. Um, Absolutely. People were complaining, and this was a really tough group of actors as well because you look at christian bale who put on 50 pounds for his role and he did a phenomenal job there's no taking that away in that role at all uh, bruce Hair. D- yeah <laughs> but bruce dern um comes back and joins uh, alexander Payne's nebraska and again another phenomenal role um oscar isaac i wasn't a huge fan of inside lewin davis i liked it i don't think it was the coen brothers best but isaac deserved to be there every step right. of the way because again his role was you know playing this folk singer that just down on his luck, but also brings it upon himself. And I loved that role. It, Oscar Isaac. I think he's the guy that actually challenged Leo most. And then obviously Joaquin Phoenix, her, he falls in love with Siri. I mean, right. again, that's not easy to do. Not you know, all. you're looking at a phone and listening to Scarlett Johansson, which I'm sure helps. And, and he carries that whole film, mostly in close-ups, right? Yes. I mean, obviously not easy to do. And obviously... His body of work is so incredible. He's hard to ignore. Right. But I think with Leo, this was kind of, I think, making up for the award season love that he's been lacking over these last few years. He only has one other Golden Globe for The Aviator. To me, that just seems wrong. <laughs> it does seem wrong. I mean, I'm happy Leo won. Mm-hmm. I love The Wolf of Wall Street. I'm not one of these people that's sitting here and complaining about how they dealt with the material and because the movie was about uh, Jordan Belfort you're seeing it from his perspective absolutely he's not going to be thinking oh my god what a terrible person because he didn't think he was a terrible I mean maybe he did but he didn't really care that's the whole problem yeah I think they dealt him and Scorsese dealt with it really well and I think that's the perfect role that Leo had to play and he he absolutely killed it every single scene Mm -hmm. the quaaludes outside (laughs) the uh country club just everything. I, I can't speak highly enough of that movie. And he also had one of the best speeches of the night, which that wasn't a hard award to win, unfortunately, because so many of the winners seemed like they were on drugs or needed some kind of drugs like Xanax. I think they were a little drunk uh, Something well. was going down. They were handing out something. <laughs> but Leo's speech was so eloquent, and, and his relationship with Scorsese, I think, is one of the great actor-director relationships that, that we've seen. Of course, he's worked with a number of amazing directors, but I think it was really a highlight. It was a good surprise, um, as rough as that card category was. So now let's go to a more negative surprise, and you mm-hmm. just mentioned Scorsese. 
why was he not nominated? Oh, um, I look at the directors, God. and I guess you can make a case for Alfonso here. I mean, he did one. He did win. Yeah. So uh, he obviously did something right, and Gravity was a breathtaking movie. I don't think it was as good a movie as everyone says. Um, that's just me. I think I, I saw it in IMAX, and I again, I completely understand why. This is visceral experience. There's great imagery at, mm-hmm. at times with uh, Sandra Bullock, like in the fetal position as like a child, yeah. like floating around. Like that was beautiful. I understand that. But then when I actually got home and thought about the story and actually thought about like, would I want to watch this like on a regular screen? And it kind of was like, no. Okay, so you think it's being celebrated more for the theatrical experience? Yes, yes, I hundred percent do. That. I think really the way the reason it's gotten so much positive, I think the reason it's gotten so many positive reviews and and that he won the award is because the movie shouldn't have worked. Yeah, okay, it shouldn't have worked, and it did, and I think that is commendable. The other thing is that. The formatting, the structure of the movie is so different than anything you see. The narrative structure, one character most of the time, that seldom works. And it was so hard for him to get this movie made. You know, it was so hard. You know, I think. And trust me, I completely mm-hmm. understand I, the technical difficulties mm-hmm. that he had to over. He, the film looked like it was shot in space. I give him all the credit in the world because it looks like it was shot in space. Yeah, and you like know, it space. was shot, you know. <laughs> Just like the moon landing, it was on a green screen. No, I don't actually believe that. I'm sorry. Careful. I just thought I had to say that. Um, no, I, I agree. But in the same breath, um, Scorsese directed a movie that was three hours long and felt like it was only an hour and a half. Um, I feel nice. like Gravity, if it lasted any longer, I it really would have started to bore me in a okay. sense. Um, this might just be me riding my Wolf of Wall Street high. I mean, I, okay. I gave two movies a perfect rating this year mm-hmm. out of all my film reviews. One was Wolf of Wall Street, and one was uh, John Krakaitis' Kill Your Darlings. So Another obviously, film that wasn't recognized. We, do you want to get into that right now? Because that obviously, <laughs> that is a sore point for me. Sorry. And I understand, no, trust me, I completely <laughs> okay. understand why it didn't get any love, because it was a small indie flick. Um, it didn't get the attention it deserved, but that also means it's not going to get recognized places like the Golden Globes. Um, despite having awesome performances yeah. from Dane DeHaan, Daniel Radcliffe, Michael C. Hall, who else was in Jack there? Houston. Jack Houston. Amazing job as Jack. Also, I'm missing. There are so many people in ben this Ben Foster. Oh my God, William Burroughs. That he was my favorite great performance. Cast. Great, great young cast. Um, and I really think Elizabeth that Olsen. Elizabeth Olsen, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I really believe that DeHaan or Radcliffe, I would have loved to see either either of them. I'm not even sure who goes to support there. I guess um, Daniel would be... It's always a tricky one, isn't it? Because they both share pretty much the same screen time. I agree. Uh, but as you've seen, that sometimes doesn't even matter. They'll put somebody in supporting. That's true. Because it's easier for them maybe to take take the award or get the nomination. For my money, I think it should have been Radcliffe. Mm. I love Dahan. I am on a huge Dahan kick right now. Well, that is reminding me of another film that was not recognized at all, Place Beyond the Pines. He was amazing. I mean, that's the problem with only having five nominees. The Oscars recently allotted 10 slots for Best Picture or a few years ago they did. Mm-hmm. I don't see why, if it, it was a great year for film, why can't there be more than five you know, nominees? I completely agree. Why can't Supporting Actor be divided in Best Supporting Actor Comedy, Best Supporting Actor Drama? You know, right now it's just Supporting Actor. All the supporting performances go there, five. You know, that's why I think 
it was so frustrating to see Fruitville Station not get any consideration. Michael B. Jordan, Ryan Coogler, the director, Octavia Spencer for supporting. Always. I would have liked Always. to have seen her in Jennifer Lawrence's place, maybe. Um, but then I how mean, would America's Sweetheart win? I know. How does she get on but stage? But my goodness, that was amazing. You know, no, I short agree. term 12, there are a ton of movies that just didn't get any love. But that's why we have the Indie Spirit Awards. And, that's true. You know, I just unfortunately, wish Unfortunately, and I wish that would be a bigger production than it is. It's what is it on? IFC? Which yeah. makes sense, makes perfect sense. Makes but sense. in the same respect, these films need to be released to a wider audience and they need to be given the proper platform. <laughs> so let's go with some more surprises. Do you want to go with good, bad? Um, best picture drama. Best picture drama. Being 12 Years a Slave. Good surprise. Very good surprise. Very good surprise because I don't know, I didn't expect it to win best drama. I expected to see... Um, Chewy Elijah Four. How do you say his name? You do it. Chitwell right. Four. Yeah, I didn't expect to see it beat out a film like Gravity. Sadly, I thought Gravity was a pretty big shoe in to win. I would have liked to see Rush personally win. I love really? Rush. I absolutely adored okay. Rush. Okay, that's where we're gonna differ. But... Go ahead, <laughs> differ away. Um, Rush. I was a little shocked that it was even nominated. Please don't hurt me. Um... Get out of my apartment now. <laughs> Podcast over. I felt that the female characters were pretty atrocious um, oh, and, yeah. and one-dimensional. Okay. Um, I felt that Olivia Wilde did not even need to be there. They wasted her abilities. She was just, for show, she was a Barbie, essentially. Um, that's kind of my gripe with the film, first and foremost. I think it went on a little too long. I think that it took a few creative liberties where it didn't need to because the story was already fascinating. And I feel that way about the butler, too. So I'm going to throw that in there. Okay. Um, and I think Hollywood does that a lot. Oh, Saving Mr. Banks is another one. that You saw it a lot this year where there were stories that were already fascinating. And maybe in reality, they're a little bit grittier. And they kind of stretched into this, you know, Hollywood, you know, Hollywoodized version of the story. And I guess that was my main um, issue with the film. Okay. That's fair. No, I, <laughs> I completely understand. I know I'm... Saying that I loved Rush that much, I know a lot of people really didn't um, and weren't as passionate mm. for some reason. I was just really passionate about it. I loved the whole adrenaline junkie kick that they did and just how they showed James Hunt versus uh, Nikki Lauda. Yes. Nikki well, Lauda. What's his name? It's David Brill. Oh, Daniel Brühl. Daniel no, Brühl. And that's my other... I really would have loved to see him win Best Supporting. Oh, well, he's such a fantastic actor. If you see his earlier stuff like Goodbye Lennon and his German work. It's wonderful that he's come over here. I hope more European actors of his caliber end up in our films. I, and I really think I, he was another one of my sadder surprises that he didn't win. Mm. Um, I really hope he has a better shot at the Oscars. I hope he's included. I really do. Right, that's true. We don't even know. If we don't he, know. I hope so. I just assume. You know, I mean, he's included it's hard in the to... does as is yes, Rush. exactly. Yeah. And it's hard to really predict based off the Golden Globes. Yeah, of course. What's really going to be in the Oscars. Um, but, I mean, is this a fair point to look and say oh american hustle won four golden globes is it gonna do as well in the oscars it's definitely not gonna take home best picture well, i don't not. know if i it can say that not. confidently but i feel like it's between 12 years and gravity i mean back to it winning best drama the reason i was so thrilled is because steve mcqueen really to see him up there was wonderful because shame back a couple of years ago 
got no love. Another indie film. If you see Hunger, that's another one that you just no, can't. No, it's it's different because you're hate. watching an actual like I mean, film yeah. about humans, Hunger, not about a murder. The story and... of Bobby Sands, you know, who died yeah. in an Irish prison from starving himself. Again, another all three of these films, amazing performances by Michael Fassbender. I think Steve McQueen deserved attention for all three of these films. I think at this point they're kind of appreciating. Uh, finally. Finally, finally how incredible he is. All right, it's been three films, and he's made them in a short time. Um, there definitely is a theme going on, a very dark theme, but that was lovely, and I really hope that he, he come Oscar night, that, that he, he walks away with some gold. <laughs> I would love to see that, personally. I think Best Director. I think he should be the one taking home Best, best Director. director that absolutely. That made me very happy. Yeah. Over Scorsese, even. I would have been perfectly happy with yeah, that. Yeah, because Scorsese is already... The icon of filmmaking, yeah. the living icon of filmmaking. We know he's great. He's done great work. He's been rewarded for that work. He has a great following. I think Steve McQueen, I would like to see him elevated to a more high-profile level. I think he would do amazing work at the top, I guess, if you will. I like that. That's ah. fine. Perfect. <laughs> let's leave it there on Steve McQueen. Um, so let's talk about really quick best picture comedy. Um, yeah. I'm going to say the names of every film. Go ahead. American Hustle. Her, Inside Lewin Davis, Nebraska, and Wolf of Wall Street. How many of those films is American Hustle better than? Okay. I see your point. I do. <laughs> I'm going to say one because, like I said, I did not really dig Inside Lewin Davis. So that is the one film I put American Hustle ahead of. Mm-hmm. All the rest of those films are better. I, I To me, I'm sorry. This is my I, opinion. I agree with you on... Few of those. I personally loved her because it is so simplistic, and I guess uh, stripped down, if you will, compared to a lot of a lot of the more mainstream projects. It's also, we can sadly relate to it a tad bit. Oh yes, it is so timely <laughs> in the BuzzFeed Tumblr meme generation. Absolutely, and I think that's why it's gotten so much attention. Rather than fading into the background, which you might have expected. That's true. And so for me personally, that film has so much heart. And it's one of those that stays with you. Again, the style is brilliant. The performances are brilliant. So I feel like that stayed with me way more than American Hustle. American Hustle was a trip. It was enjoyable. It was a great uh, film to experience, especially at the theater. But no, I wouldn't say that it was better than the other films. And we were talking about this before. Doesn't American Hustle kind of fall apart at the end a tad bit? a little bit. A little bit. Yes, and I don't want to give away any spoilers, so I won't say specifically the scene that I'm thinking of where I think it should have maybe ended. That's the most general statement ever. <laughs> there was a point where I thought it should end, but it didn't, and it kept going. And I thought it was tied up a little bit too neatly. Is that ruining anything? Um, Not really. I mean, in the same respect, you can just say spoiler and say, hey, this is coming because, I mean, the movie's been out. If you didn't see American Hustle. Statue of Limitations has run out. But I will say that the Bradley Cooper character, for me, I found really likable. I was rooting for him. I was rooting for everybody. And that's that's what I think was great about it. When you see the trailer, it kind of looked like all the characters were going to be these horrible people. And I think it was great that they, they had a touch of humanity to them and they were very relatable and and there was a great theme of survival and everyone can relate to that and Bradley Cooper's character for me again rooting for him and so when all of a sudden everyone kind of turns on him and he's the villain the whole time I wasn't really feeling that I I didn't think he deserved that I think they were all doing terrible things he was just doing his job he was just doing his job he got played he he wouldn't (laughs) let Louis C.K. finish his story though 
that was yeah. You know, he did lose me there. That he was making fun of Louis, and that angry. just doesn't. Did you actually see Louis C.K. finish the story on Jay Leno's show? You have to go look that. I won't spoil it for anyone here. Go find the video clip of Louis C.K. finishing the ice fishing story finishing from the ice fishing American story. Hustle. It oh. ends in the best possible Louis C.K. fashion. I feel like that could have been a better ending for the movie. Just Louis it wasn't in the finishing. movie officially e- either. Right. I feel he... like that could have been a better ending. <laughs> <laughs> the end, just it ends on the ice fishing. Just story. with the, like after the credits, a little Easter egg that would have been nice. That would have been great. Um, yeah. <laughs> All right. So let's just finish up with some eclectic thoughts about the sure. Golden Globes. Number one, am I allowed to curse here? I'm sorry. Go for it. I don't know. Well, if, Kid, kids, earmuffs. This is the only time I'm going to do it. If I'm as here. bad as the censor person at the Golden Globes, I won't be There you go. Rights. Can you bleep me out? Is that possible? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. Oh, well, you're going to try to bleep me out. Anyway, fuck Bono. I'm going to say that. <laughs> there it is right there. I, every time they showed him, I'm just like, what is he doing there? And yes, he wrote a song for uh, Mandela, I think, right? Mandela, Long Walk to Freedom. Frozen got robbed okay let it go was i was listening to that at work the next day with my headphones on so none of my co-workers knew i was listening to who was it selena gomez singing it yeah, anyway every time they showed him i'm like you know what he's gonna win just because he's bono watch this he's gonna win I and guess what bono will won. correct you bono won. i think that mandela's death this year and the fact that the movie because it was unfortunately a little bit disappointing although there were great moments to that film it was their way of kind of awarding that movie and awarding Mandela in a weird way. So now you make me sound terrible. <laughs> you just make me sound like an awful person. Uh, I I will say that I think Mandela's death was a you know was an opportunity. The minute it happened, I remember getting all these emails from the Weinstein Company with quotes from celebrities about and and you know high profile figures I guess about his life and what his death meant to them and all these things or how it affected them. Oh, that was them. tragic. That was absolutely tragic. And I think they did use it for marketing, obviously. Sadly. And that's why I think he took home the award. I mean, how can you give it to Frozen when the song about Mandela is also in the same category? Because Frozen was so fun and jovial and it was about ice princesses and things. And this was about, you know... Yeah, one of the most famous people. Fighting and, genocide and apartheid and terrorism. <laughs> I under... Please don't... If you're listening to this, I am not a terrible person. Um, <laughs> I'm just I just saying don't what really I like think. Bono. I don't know why. I just don't like... Some and another don't. person that didn't belong there. What was P. Diddy or Sean Puffy, whatever the hell he calls that himself That was just now. another example of people, again, too many drugs, not enough drugs. You just stand in the background going let it flow i'm flapping my arms if you can't see me He's at just that screaming, point let it, it was flow. such a hot mess that he was not the worst part of that let evening. it flow <laughs> over and over again just what are you doing there i'm gonna I... end all my sentences like that from now on let it flow yeah. and i'm just gonna walk out the room just then order a coffee at starbucks let it flow what's your leave. name let it flow <laughs> that's not a name get out of here you can't be I here. If I said that, would they put that on the cut? That's this is so off topic. Okay, <laughs> uh, my uh, my other random thought here: uh, Brooklyn Ninety Nine is a good show. I've been, uh. Um, people's reaction to it winning was, "What's Brooklyn Nine Nine? And the award was the nomination. I think like. I didn't even realize it was nominated, and I think yeah, the I'm, argument. I've they never showed seen it. well. They showed Andy Samberg there, and I'm like, what is Andy Samberg doing there? He did SNL doesn't. I, it was a great speech. Trust <laughs> My me. Team. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Air quotes. Don't get me wrong with that. And the also winner from that was Terry Crews' suit. I don't care what anyone says. I am sad because I will never be able to wear a blue suit like Terry Crews. Maybe if you in wear it, life. you say let it flow. Never. I will never okay, be able to, things. and that makes me sad. 
he, his speech was incredibly funny because he acted all shocked, like the way everyone was acting. Well, this oh, is Sandberg. Yeah, okay, Sandberg, I'm sorry. Oh, the Golden Globes, what? And people were acting like that all night. Oh, it was... Here's the thing, you have a one in five shot of being up on that stage, yeah. so it can't come as that big a surprise. It's not like you won a lottery, you didn't enter, and you yeah. have to go up there and make a speech. All right, that's enough on the Golden Globes. Can we can we go to something <laughs> yeah, else I here? I don't think we have any more. Um, okay, so I think no it's more. important to kind of discuss the latest film releases, right. even though January is pretty slow. January is not pretty slow. January is like this abysmal, cavernous... <laughs> just, Correct me, oh, then. I, I want it to not be January because I want to start watching good movies Almost again. Almost over. I started on a high note. I love Paranormal Activity. Um... My quote was used in one of the freaking trailers. Man. I know, right? A little ego boost there for me. I did think it was quite a guilty pleasure. It it was fun. They got yeah. fun again. I kept, like, it for any fun. horror fans listening to this, um, I equated the new, the marked ones, Paranormal Activity, um, to Bride of Chucky in the Child's Play series because Don Mancini knew that his franchise was kind of dying a little bit. Mm-hmm. So he injected that comedy and it worked. Didn't, I agree 100%. That's a perfect comparison. You do it with Paranormal Activity, same thing. It, Paranormal Activity was one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Awful. Hated it. Then you come back here and you go to a different setting. You put the comedy in there a little bit. The characters and actors were generally funny. It, this was actually a movie I could sit there and laugh at. And it wasn't cheesy. They were actually being mm-hmm. funny. Yeah, so. it was a great cast of newcomers. And I think it was great. You, you seldom see horror movies where it's set in the Latino community or even African-American community. But this, I think, was really was interesting for that alone to begin with. And I agree. And the rest of it, I think. But know, anyway, let's talk about more recent releases because mm-hmm. that was two weeks ago. Yes, um, but you can still go see it. You should go see it because that's the else. only good movie out right now. Um, you could go see Legend of Hercules if you like looking at Kellen Lutz's nipples for about an hour and a half. Which you could just do by Googling and you YouTube You can Google it and shows. just sit there for an hour and a half. And Don't spend it, $14. Well, it's $14 in New York City. It would but... probably be more entertaining because I could sit there and get drunk while I did it. Okay, that good point. Would, I can't tell you how much I hated... Binge drink on, on uh, red wine and watch uh, Kellen Lutz's slideshow. Watch shows. a slideshow of Kellen Lutz's nipples. Is that in your review? Do you say yes, this is Yes, absolutely. Better? No, not <laughs> verbatim, but I do reference his nipples. And they didn't use that quote in the I, promo? You know, I sent it and they, didn't, they neglected to use it for some reason. If they had, I think that would be a really cool marketing. I think that'd be ploy. great marketing ploy. Use the bad Do you like Kellen Lutz's nipples? You'll love <laughs> Legend of Hercules. Or they'll just take that beginning part out and just put, you'll love it. You'll love Kellen nipples. <laughs> that's it. That's the quote. No, I'm sorry. That is, I mean, it does have something to do with the movie, but the movie was just abysmal. Um, you watch it, and everyone complained about Clash of the Titans, the 3D conversion for that, and how grainy and how bad it looked. Mm-hmm. I mean, The Legend of Hercules makes Clash of the Titans look like a 3D masterpiece. <laughs> I can't tell. Like, I was getting like motion sickness because there were different layers on the screen. It was, it was embarrassing. I'm going to use the word embarrassing that they could roll a movie out with such poor quality. I only saw the trailer and I can say just from watching the trailer, I have an idea of how abysmal it was. It was such. And that's really not good because the trailer is supposed to be the, you know, show the very best of this It is. It's supposed to. And they did. And that's just how bad. Don't watch it. Don't we have a better it. one coming out, or we hope it's better. It has to be better. Has to There's be better. no way it's not okay. going to be... Well, I, don't, I say that, and I mean, I've been dumbfounded before, but Brett Ratner is directing a new Hercules. Is with The Rock, um, who is a modern-day Hercules. Oh, I don't know yeah. how you compare 
Lutz and <laughs> the human G.I. Joe, essentially. Got uh, it. Dwayne The Rock Johnson. But wait for that one. It comes out in the summer. Don't waste your money on this. <laughs> it's a Grecian soap opera. That's the best way to put it. So what else is in theaters then uh, that people could see instead, if anything? What is in theaters or what is coming out? Because we have a few movies coming out this week. Um, what screenings have you liked, if any? What screenings have I liked this year? I mean, we're talking... We're, I've only done a few screenings. We're okay. pretty early into the year. Anything that people should check out? Man, screenings-wise, not really. Saw a ride-along last night. Oh. That was a movie that happened. <laughs> That's the way don't describe it. Don't ride along to see it. What? Don't ride quickly. Ride the <laughs> other way. If your friends go see it, don't ride along with them. No, I mean... Kevin Hart is funny. I'm actually, I'm not a huge Kevin Hart fan, and I'm Mm -hmm. starting to come around on him. I understand he's very talented, and he's actually very funny. It's just, we've seen this movie a billion times. It's a dumb buddy cop kind of movie with a little romantic twist. It's a January release. I'm sorry, it's being... Dumped with the garbage. Yes. That is in January. Which I'm really, I'm hoping my next screening on Thursday, Devil's Due... Again, I'm, I am a horror fan. If you look at anything else on the site, I'm always promoting horror, reviewing horror, mm-hmm. anything to do with horror. I'm excited for this. I'm hoping it's... I like these guys, Radio Silence, the directors. Okay, yeah. They did a segment in VHS, the first one. If you know VHS, yes. it is the Haunted House segment at the end. Mm-hmm. That was my favorite. I'm really excited to see what they do here. So don't let me down, Devil's Day. Hopefully something to look forward to. Let's <laughs> talk about some Blu-rays coming out because those are way better than what's <laughs> yeah, in theaters yeah. right now. Justine, do you want to start? Well, there's two that I really want to focus on. The first one, and stay with me here, it's not for everybody, Riddick with Vin Diesel. It is for everybody. What are you talking about? <laughs> Alien bounty hunters and <laughs> pitch black things. Of course. Well, the film is a follow-up to 2000's Pitch Black and 2004's The Chronicles of Riddick. Um, really the only reason that it was made is because of Vin's passion for the character. He really wanted to continue telling this story, even though Chronicles was not a box office success. But it had Carl Urban. <laughs> it, it did, and Judy Dench. Uh, Pitch Black was really only a modest success it built up a cult following later, but really nothing that would warrant a third film. Um, but a fun fact for you, in 2006, Universal asked Vin to appear in... Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift in a cameo, and he agreed on the condition that they would sell him the rights to the Riddick character, sell him and his production company One Race uh, the rights to the character. So for those of you that don't know, Riddick is a planet-hopping ex-convict. Um, in this film, he finds himself stranded on a, an unknown planet, if you will, and he has to fight his way off of it, literally. Uh, fight off a lot of deadly things like weather and zebra pit bulls, a lot of imaginative creatures. I think what makes the movie interesting is that Vin's passion definitely shines through in his performance, his passion for the role, his passion for the project. But the visuals are stunning, the action sequences are very interesting. Not all the characters are great, not all the dialogue is great, but you can tell that Vin's having a lot of fun, even with the most laughable of of uh, scenes. And I don't think you're going into Riddick expecting Oscar quality. You're going Certainly into Riddick... not on the Academy's shortlist, no. The movie in general only made a modest profit. It did find a, a pretty decent market overseas, and Vin wasn't actually paid for the movie. He Didn't was... he actually, like, lease out... His, or, like, he put his home on the market yes. and stuff. He actually... If this film bombs 
He would have lost everything. Right, and it did, and it did make about ninety-six million, I think, uh, globally. So I'm not sure how much he, he got out of that, but he was paid in scale, meaning he gets a certain percent of the growth. So I think that's commendable in an industry that's all about popularity and profit. The fact that someone would put so much into a project that really wasn't going to have such great returns. You know, there is a lot of heart there, like I said. Of course, the top film for me out uh, this week is Fruitville Station, which you've already heard me say. I, I can't stress enough that... Go see this movie. Michael B. Jordan. Everybody needs to see this movie. Octavia Spencer and Michael B. Jordan are phenomenal in it. It's really just a travesty that they weren't included in the, the Golden Globe nods. It's based on the true story of Oscar Grant, who was taking the train home on New Year's Day in 2008 in Oakland, California. And he was gunned down by a Bay Area Rapids transit cop. He was only 22 at the time. He was unarmed. He was not resisting arrest. And we know this because so many bystanders, uh, bystanders shot footage of it on their phones. And this footage went all over the world on a lot of uh, news outlets. You know, it's on the web, readily accessible. The film actually opens with actual footage. And it is just gut-wrenching, as you can imagine. The entire horrifying incident went down at the Fruitville Station train stop. So that's where the title comes from. Yeah, this is Ryan Coogler, the director's first film. He was previously working as a counselor for incarcerated youth and he won the the award at Sundance. The film won the, uh, the uh, audience award, I believe, at Sundance. And so he was only 26. This was earlier in the year, or earlier in 2013. And he's kind of a wonderkin, I guess, of filmmaking. It's really just a promising debut and have tissues ready. I, I don't mean to sound cliche at all. You're gonna cry and have someone nearby that you can hug and then don't make any plans for the rest of the day. You'll just want to pull a blanket over your head and shut out the entire world. Yeah, I mean, it's human emotion and it's a human story that's actually happened. That's I think that's the real heart that really gets inside of you. You're sitting there going, this really happened. This isn't some kind of Hollywood fantasy Absolutely. or some sick, twisted anything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This happened. This is real life. And even though you know the ending's coming, because it starts off with the shooting, the real footage, when it happens, it's just unbelievable. And that's where Michael B. Jordan and Octavia Spencer really, I mean, the whole film, they're incredible, but, but especially Octavia Spencer, by that point, it's just phenomenal. Who has built a phenomenal career. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Yep. All right, is it my turn yet? Yes. Oh, it's my turn. <laughs> All right, so horror, let's go. First pick is going to be Your Next, out Ooh. on Blu-ray. One of my favorite horror chills. films of the year. Directed by Adam Wingard and written by Simon Barrett. I know all this by memory because I wrote the theatrical <laughs> review. I wrote the Blu-ray review. It made it on my top 14 horror movies. I think I might have wrote about it once or twice. Other than that, with a ongoing horror article I have with one of our other writers. So all of this is in my head. But it, it takes the home invasion genre... Which has been done over and over again with uh, The Purge. The Strangers. The Strangers. Woo! Funny Games. There's a Spanish movie called Kidnapped. I could yes. keep going. All great movies, but none have been done like you are next. With animal masks. Right. It's just the animal masks. That's the only thing that's different. <laughs> no. This is terrifying. Okay. And it's funny. X. You can have fun with murder. This... Now I sound crazy. Hopefully that quote anyway, will be taken out of context. It will be. Someone's going to quote me on that. That should be on the DVD cover. You can have fun with murder. Anyway, your next... No, I absolutely love it. It is so much fun for a horror movie. Um, it's simply about a family celebrating an anniversary. And 
something happens. We don't really know. There's a little treachery. You can sense some tension. But a crossbow arrow flies through the dining room window. And from that point on, it is the family and their extended, you know, girlfriends, boyfriends, stuff like that, trying to get out of this house alive, which proves to be quite the task. One more reason to not go to family reunions. Just terrible. Stay away. You'll <laughs> die. Literally. You'll be shot with an arrow. It's fun for many reasons um, for horror fans. There's a really awesome soundtrack. Adam Wingard does this with all his films. And he uses really... He hits the atmosphere perfectly. Mm. He has a dark tone. He has a dark comedic tone. He's got Lou Reed's Perfect Day in there. He has uh, Dwight Tilly's... I forget... Oh, man. I forget the name of the song. But the Dwight Tilly song in there is, again, perfect. And it keeps playing on repeat during the first murder. Yeah, that is in the trailer. And then you get... as it gets towards the end, you get that really awesome 80s synthetic kick in. It's a bit of satire to it. A bit of, sure. Exactly. A ton of it satire so to well. it. works so well. But again, it works so well. And I'm so mad they haven't released the soundtrack. I can't find any of that electronica. Oh. I want to. I want to find it all. It's the best. But I can't find it at all. So if you're listening to this and you know, <laughs> and you're the one that made that music, send it to Please me. Please send it over. But for horror fans, you have to see this movie. You're next. It has some of the most inventive kill scenes of the year. Um, and for sane people, that actually means something to horror fans, just to translate. Um, the best usage of a blender I've ever seen in a okay. horror movie. Okay. I'm just saying. I'm not going to say how, but uh, kudos to the blending of the head case margarita, we'll call it. So, major thumbs up for your next. That's my first recommendation. <laughs> Got of... it. So I'm going to go completely left field for my other... Well, actually, it's not left field. It's going to be left field because I just talked about horror, but it is... The Spectacular Now, which is a coming-of-age story about a boy named Sutter. He's just finishing his high school career. He's just, you know, embracing the newness of life and his new freedom. And he doesn't really want to because he lives in the spectacular now. It is this moment of enlightenment, of just being in the moment. There's nothing bad can happen because you're living in the moment. Mm -hmm. You don't care about what happened behind you. You don't care about what's coming. It's right now. I want to do this right now. I only care about right now. Why should I worry about anything else? We all know that's not feasible. We all know that we have responsibilities. And there are some deeper, darker thoughts that are behind Sutter's uh, emotions. And it all comes out when Shailene Woodley's character, Amy, the kind of average girl next door. And I don't mean that in a derogatory way. Kind of girl. He wouldn't have looked twice at because she is. This is Sutter. This is he's kind quiet. of the, the awkwardly cool kid. He's yes. not the jock, but he is the guy that just shows up at the party and he's always got drinks and he's always he's always sipping from his uh, big gulp that's filled with alcohol, of course, <laughs> yep. even at work, even at his job, even at his job. But again, the emotion comes out of it when they start this weird relationship because she sees something in Sutter that she wants to fix in a way, Absolutely. and she genuinely falls for him. And Sutter, of course weirdly as it is kind of falls for her and what happens after that you know it's unexpected it's really unpredictable i think in this kind of genre you know it's sort of like an 80s style romantic comedy in a way something we haven't seen in a really long time but then at the same time your heart absolutely drops during some scenes i absolutely agree you're riding this emotional roller coaster which is a term that's thrown around a lot but i'm talking like (laughs) you'll be up king to ka level highest roller coaster in the yes. world and then you'll be like underground it, it's Certainly. it catches your breath and you don't know how to react 
end. It's such a beautiful gem of a movie, and I think so unexpected, and I'm so thrilled that it got a lot of attention. Of course, yes. not award season attention. Of course not. Um, but it certainly got a lot of um, you know great reviews, and people. it was on a lot of people's radar. Yeah. Obviously, great performances from the young cast, Miles Teller, Shane Lee Woodley, of course. Great chemistry, and, and you can just see why they fall in love. You see why she loves him, you see why he loves her, and I think that's just a testament to the writing how they shot it, and the performances. And again, it's not very Hollywood. Mm-mm. It's You're watching it, and it's not full of cliches. It's not full of no Hollywood you know, magic, and oh, there's always doves flying and stuff. Mm-mm. This is real life. This no is, cheesy music or running in the airport to stop it the hurts. girl. It hurts at times. It will hurt you. It, it will it, make you... <laughs> it's not something you... I mean, it is. It's something you, everyone should watch. I'm going to say right now, it's a movie that everyone should watch. Yeah, it's glorious. It's <laughs> can't say so enough good touching. things about no, this No, I movie. can't. I can't say enough good Very things Very unexpectedly movie. amazing. Spectacular. <laughs> it's spectacular. Oh, God. You really had to use that word. It's in the Rick title. We get ridiculous. it. is ridiculous. What is that even from? I, I just had to go back because I missed a good you know, opportunity. You always got to go back for a good pun. to refresh it. We should just go back on the entire podcast now and just fill in every pun. Fill it with stupid puns. Well, I have no puns for The Butler uh, because that is quite the serious film. Really no jokes you can make about I'm gonna, it. I'm think, no, keep going. I'm going to think of one. <laughs> well, the film I think is a, a pretty amazing exploration of american history because it just shows how far we've come you know it shows how very few years ago if you think about it uh whites and blacks had to sit at separate lunch counters you know by 2008 we have an african-american president that is so apparent in the film just the growth of america the the civil rights movement um, is portrayed in such a different light than we've seen i think it's seen from two perspectives a father and a son so different generations the issue for me with the film is one I brought up earlier. The true story is so fascinating in itself that I didn't think they had to go all farce gump with it. Um, Danny Strong is obviously a great writer, but they did, of course, Hollywoodize it and put in a billion high-profile stars to play all the major presidents. And after a while, it gets a little ridiculous. You just know, oh, that's Robin Williams. Oh, that's John Cusack. You know, Can we also it, talk about John Cusack's role as Richard Nixon? <laughs> and quite possibly, the it's a very serious movie, The Butler. Yes. And we have quite possibly the most comedic portrayal of Richard Nixon I I've ever seen. I absolutely agree with you. And I I think that there, it's a lot. I mean, I think Reagan is um, Alan Rickman, and I guess that's less comedic. I love comedic, Rickman. But, I love Rickman. But yeah, I mean, he, he would have been a, a fine choice, or he has a, a great choice for that. But I think the others, um, it just comes off as, as a bit contrived and... And like they're, it, it looks like they're fit playing. In a way. Yeah, part, it, yeah, it doesn't fit in a way. They do not disappear into the role, and and it's you can it's so much hair and makeup, it's just too obvious. Um, but obviously, Forrest Whitaker, as always, is incredible. Oprah Winfrey is it's it's so great that you forget it's Oprah, which is really difficult. And then you have great supporting players like Cuba Gooding Jr. and Lenny Kravitz, who do a great job. And Lenny Kravitz, we know from Precious and even The Hunger Games, he's actually quite a talented actor. And this, he does something so subtle with his role, um, uh, him and Cuba both, uh, that's really interesting to watch. So it is a great film to enjoy. At the same time, it does, uh, like I said, it takes far too many liberties. Cecil Gaines is actually 
based on a real person, but the name is fictional. Um, a lot is fictional. He only had one son in real life. The other was not killed in Vietnam, like in the film, where it's this big epic moment where his his younger son dies. I didn't feel like they needed that. The the fascinating parts were to me the points where he is behind the scenes at the White House. Um, I guess I should specify that he served as a White House butler. <laughs> for, probably should have led with that. Probably should have that led with that. That would have been a good leading point. Go the butler <laughs> is about a butler. So the film is based on the story of Eugene Allen, who served as a White House butler from 1952 to 1986. In the film, the character's name is changed to Cecil Gaines, and I think that it could have benefited from being a little bit more stripped down. That's very fair. Other than that, it is a truly affecting movie with great acting, and it is utterly fascinating to watch. So again, like most of the movies coming out on Blu-ray this week, it's it's definitely worth watching. And I do want to jump back to Spectacular mm-hmm. Now really quick, yes. because I forgot to mention it's written by the same people who wrote 500 Days of Summer. That's all you That's an important know. point. All you 500 Days of Summer fans, Spectacular Now actually is, I think it's a more touching film. I think it actually ups the ante of 500 you. Days. and mm-hmm. It's a thing a lot. Be on the, be on the lookout for it. Well, that concludes our first episode of this podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm Justine Browning at Just Browning. I am Matt Donato at Donato Bomb. Donato Bomb. Donato Bomb. It's way cooler than mine. I, I know it is. Mine. Everyone always comments <laughs> on my uh, awesome Twitter handle. <laughs> so how should we end this? I, don't, I, I think we could just let it flow. Let it flow. I think in the words of the immortal Sean P. Diddy Puffy Cones. Comb doggy. Yeah. <laughs>